G'day and welcome back to the podcast, Ideas Digest. My name's Conrad and the US election is only a few days away. This for me has been my hobby for the last eight months now. I follow the Democratic primaries, which is just like the selection process of the Democratic Party that led to the nomination of Joe Biden, who is currently running against Donald Trump. And you're probably wondering, hey, Conrad, who cares? You're Australian. Why do you even care or following this? Well, I think my answer to that when people ask me why I care about US politics is I think what happens in the US obviously affects the world. It's such a massive economic powerhouse and just a military powerhouse. And Australia is so closely aligned with the US. As I follow Australian politics in conjunction with US politics, what I'm noticing is that many of the political playbooks used in the US are making their way over here. So I watched the US to kind of see what could potentially come across to Australia. But Conrad, why do you even care about politics? Well, I've come to really enjoy politics because I think all politics is, is we as people working out how we can live and function in a community together. Lots of different diverse people and opinions and groups. The political process seems to me to be just us working out how we can live together as best as possible. So that's why I care and why I find politics interesting because I think it affects everybody whether you're aware of it or not. I choose to be aware of it and it can be entertaining sometimes. Now you may have already gathered that this episode is a little bit different. I'm going to be sharing with you an episode from the podcast series that sits behind our paywall or like commitment wall or something. You can get access if you just email me or jump the paywall. And that show is called Oi, Tell Us What You Really Think, which is essentially pretty much what the name suggests, I tell you what I really think. Uh, You'll find links to this on our Instagram or in the show notes. But last week, we released the episode where we spoke, where I spoke to a Trump supporter. Now, this was a very fascinating conversation for me. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you'd probably, this episode will make more sense if you go back and listen to that one first, then come back. But essentially in this episode, in this bonus episode of, oi, tell us what you really think. I will tell you what I really think. I'll tell you where I think I failed in this interview and what I'm trying to accomplish. I'll talk about questions I wish I asked. And I'll even give away a lot of my political leanings in this one. So, and that's something I I try my best to not do in regular Ideas Digest episodes. So if you're one of those people that keeps emailing me or DMing me saying, Oi, what, what do you believe? What, what do you really think about this? Then this episode is for you. You get your wish. Here is what I really think about the, my conversation with the Trump supporter. Don't judge me. But if you do... Confess your judgments to me, and I'll give me the chance to say yes or no. It's only fair. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people. Categorizing of humans and ideas. You have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas. These things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Everyone joining us on Instagram Live, this is a new show that has that I launched with Cam, and it was really just people wondering, like, what do you believe? What do you think? Uh, you know, we don't know what you stand for. And some people seem to care about that. So we thought, why not 
tell people what we really think, but we want to hide it because if people even get an inkling of what they think you think, even if they're not accurate, they will exclude themselves. They won't come on. And we want to keep this platform as open as possible. But we also want to build community with those of you who are engaged with this process who won't judge us for having opinions on things and and being honest about certain things because we talk about things and we're going to be honest. So this conversation will only be live and then it will disappear behind a paywall. And if you go, I wonder what Conrad the pseudo-intellectual and Russ think about the conversations we're having, then this is what it is. So everybody, meet Russ. Say hi, Russ. Introduce yourself. (laughs) Hey, everyone. How you going? What do you what do you do for oh, do you want a Russ? do you want a bit of a back do you want a bit of a background yeah I guess so I am, like this I is the first in. yeah all right this is the first that um, uh, people will be will be hearing you yeah I think like I'm I'm a I'm a um, uh, a researcher by training I guess or uh, but I started out as a teacher and I think most people should um, they typically want to know why we should listen to you like why would we bother and um, not on this show they I mean, listen Instagram, to me. <laughs> Yeah, but Instagram kind of uh, it takes away the 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 need to why I listen to you. It's just you're listening to me, so cool. <laughs> but basically, That's right. oh, um, yeah. I. I love uh, asking questions and answering questions. That's that's the thing that I like the most. And I mean, that's one of the things that got me so into Ideas Digest. It's just exploring and listening and um, asking questions and seeking answers and being open. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got some reasonably strong opinions, but uh, that's, you know. Because the problem, the problem with Russ is the problem with many academics and people who are worthy of giving an opinion. <laughs> Unlike people like me who do not have the paper behind me to give opinions, I give it anyway, right? That's the arrogance you have when you don't have the piece of paper. So I'll introduce Russ. In Cam's own words, Russ is the smartest guy Cam ever knew. So... Bit of a compliment there, uh, and I would second that. I think I think Aww. Russ is some Aww. is probably the, one of the only people who asks me questions, and I'm like, damn, I have not <laughs> actually Aww. thought of that. And normally I think <laughs> of everything. That's, that's kind. That's yeah, yeah, kind. Yeah. So sit on that. We'll, we'll so, see. We'll, we, we'll let the family. We'll let the family decide. We'll hey? Let the family Let's decide. Let the family pick this. But yeah. Russ is actually an intellectual. He's got like pieces of paper, and you work as an academic. You're in what field? Uh, I'm studying um, education, but it's the the behaviour analysis behind education, particularly working with teachers. So I'm I'm mostly interested in human behaviour. That's the thing that really gets me interested. Why? People and that's do what, what you're doing do. your PhD in. That's right. Yeah, and so everyone's you, just tuned out because I'm an elitist. I'm a university so are you a doctor? lefty. Are you a doctor? Assumptions? Yeah. Is this assumptions? Nah, not a doctor. <laughs> but but if when you get your PhD, will you be a doctor? Yeah. Will you introduce yourself as Doctor Russ Fox? Nah, I hope you, not. <laughs> you really should. Anyway, I don't like podcasts that always just like preamble between the two guys because I'm like I don't know these guys. Move on with the content. So I'll wrap it Next. up. Anything else right. you want to say about yourself, Russ? Just to introduce yourself uh, to the people. Nah, not really. I think uh, Elisa would um, challenge. Elisa's my wife. She'd challenge Cam on like she met Cam as well, and so he knew her. So he must have been lying about me being the smartest because clearly that, Ooh, that'd be her. 
Nice. Uh, you know she's watching, so the points there count. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife points count. They're real. They're legit. So the yeah. reason the reason Russ and I are doing this is because we Cam and I we spoke about doing this. Tell us what you really think, and we're only going to do it live. We're not going to save it. We're going to put a barrier between what we really think because if we hide what we really think from people, they're going to be more open with us. If if they kind of think we're a liberal lefty or a or Christian or non-Christian, they're going to go, oh, we mm. don't want to come on your show because we're not part of your tribe. Yeah. And we we want to yeah. avoid that as much as possible. So that's the purpose of this either sub-podcast or sub-video. So you can catch it live if you're lucky and watch our preamble fumbling with technology or you can <laughs> sign up, keep an eye out because I haven't sorted it out yet. But there'll be a stupidly high paywall and you'll be like, why would I pay that? That's, that's the correct yeah. response. Don't pay it, I say. But if you really want, there'll be a small select few like people who can be bothered and then we'll have like, right. a bit of these discussions behind a paywall. That a bit of a safer space. Money keeps yeah. people out, it seems. Will I, will I eat this week or will I hear what they really think? Yes, yes. If that's, if, and, and I was actually <laughs> thinking, I'll probably introduce something that's like, you can either pay like 50 bucks a month or something to be a to, to get access to these things yeah. or you can send me Sounds a five, a a five <laughs> or you can send me a 500 word essay on why you would like to be a part of it but don't want to pay uh, and if yeah, you go to that effort you're in yeah. it's not about the money it's yeah, just yeah. about whether you can be bothered to jump yeah. the paywall to care what we think because cam and i always said who really cares what we think but we enjoyed the conversation so we had them anyway so we yeah. had these yeah. conversations with you as well russ and so that's kind of why yeah. we started doing that that's right yeah and and i mean yeah just to i mean it, it feels a bit odd to be here with you and not listening to you and cam you know I, i'm i'm probably not as relaxed as cam i'm a bit more punchy <laughs> i'm a bit more sort of worked up and <laughs> a bit more fired up and i think i think it's because he didn't drink hot drinks and i just drink coffee so <laughs> oh right yeah that is true cam yeah. and i shared a, a, a distaste of hot drinks which which, was, which bonded us from the beginning so here's what we're going to yeah. talk about today for those who be like man stop catching up we get it i want to hear what you really think yeah. and the one that we really like i need to debrief on and russ was watching yeah. it live and some of you might have caught it live. If you haven't, it's in my Instagram uh, live recordings. I spoke to a bloke called Habir. Habir is an Indian, uh, well, he's from India and he lived in America for a little bit and he's a hard pro-Trumper. And I went like dived headfirst behind enemy lines on this one. I was like, mm. let's practice what I preach. Can I listen to like hard right pro-Trump and can I try and map his thoughts and... To be honest, Russ, I don't, I think I failed. I, I think. <laughs> okay. Can, can we, can we, can we clarify here? Okay. What it, like, did you fail with the ability to sit behind enemy lines or did you fail to go with him? Cause I think they're two different things. I like, okay. To be honest, I'll be honest. Cause this is tell us what you really think. To be honest. Yeah. I'd watched his videos. <laughs> I'd watched I'd watched what he put out there. Yeah. And to be honest, like he he like his his fans, like let's start with there. His fanboys yeah. tribal bullshit that like you what you just watch the live right there and it just it just feeds this like horrendous trolling abuse, the most horrific things you've ever seen. Yeah. And and if yeah, the that, comments were lit. Oh, if 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 that <laughs> they doesn't were, they were 
they were they were pretty they were pretty sharp. They were right onto you, and they had all kinds of things to say about your questions, about your moustache, about That's your general right. approach. To I'm life. now insecure. Christ. I've never. Oh. I, I was like before Don't. this next no. interview. I like yeah. brush my moustache because I'm like, oh come on, <laughs> it's not that bad. Nah, it actually man. got to my head nah. a little. Just that one comment. No, nah, you. Your moustache is sick. <laughs> but but to be don't honest, listen, like, don't yeah. But to be honest, like I didn't, I haven't read the comments because I. That's kind of yeah. how if I, if I ever get big enough to cop the hate, I think part of me just goes, I, I treat them as if they're like just sadly not all cognitively there, and so I go, well, of course <laughs> they say that because they're a bit cognitively limited, and who really cares what someone with incapacitations is really saying? You kind of just shrug and go, right, right. Oh, Okay, I understand why you would do that because now, you've had you, a tough life. Was that because of the was that because of the spelling, or was that because of the fact that they went along with some of the uh, the links between ideas? I, Both. I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what they even said. Like, I don't even know. I just, I just ever like, I got some messages from nice friends of the show being like, "Oh, don't worry, you did a yeah. great job." But the the funny thing was was that this happened from the very beginning, even when I was asking questions. Being like, oh, so explain that to me. Yeah. Are you saying this? I'm, I'm sitting here trying yeah. to understand. And the abuse I copped for not being in 100%, oh, Habia, you are the smartest man I've ever seen. You're, you're right, amazing. Right. Um, then, like, that's, the tribalism was just right there. It, it, they, it was they, from they the they outset. It. That's it, right. Yeah. But, again, I come back to that. Did you find you were able to sit with, the, I mean, because the, the ideas digest is a practice. This is the yeah. practice of not judging things from the very front, from the yeah. outset, sitting with interesting questions and being open to hearing ideas from people that we might label as the enemy. Yeah. How did you actually go with the practice in, in the interview? Uh, in the interview, I, I yeah. like... I, mean, I can what, give you the from from, from okay, my observations. Okay, you tell me what you think, and then I'll let you in yeah. on. My I'll, inner I'll tell you what I. I'll tell you what I really think. Yeah, I really think that you actually asked open questions and gave Habir the perfect opportunity to give his best answer. I really think, and yeah. and I mean, there were some things. There are some things that were like, um, like I read some of the comments, and they're like. You're not letting her beer go deep enough. And firstly, I was like, into what? Into where? <laughs> <Was> the... What? <laughs> I know, right? But it's also like, we're just establishing the playing field here. That's like, right. We want to get to know you and we yeah. want to get to know the context within which mm. the idea happens, which is mm. the person, right? Have I, have I gone okay, okay so far with the Ideas Digest scripts? <laughs> like, these are the things that we're, yeah. that um, the Ideas Digest, like the practice of it, is all about it's all about um, getting to know the person and being open. And from the outset, they were like, "Nah, man, you're asking the wrong questions. You're not going deep enough." But I felt like you continue to do the ideas digest practice of, "Well, ask the next question. Allow him to go deeper. Allow him to give his best answer." Did yeah. it feel like that from from inside your skin? It, it didn't. It didn't for me because I did another interview today, mm. um, and it's amazing what what changes. When and Habir himself was quite good. He wasn't hostile at all, which is I'm always worried about when mm. when people get hostile. So yeah. I I interviewed Pete Evans, 
right? And I've spoken to you about this. <laughs> Pete yeah, Evans. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to <laughs> actually listen to that to tell you what I really think. That's I'm right. not making my mind up yet. Yeah, we'll listen to it and we'll do one because celebrity <laughs> yeah, chef yeah, yeah. Pete Evans, like like 5G conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer, yeah. like all of those labels kind of fit. Like he won't, he'll squirm out and say, oh, I'm a pro-safe vaxxer. So which ones are safe? None of them. Uh, okay. Um, and 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 yeah, yeah. with that interview, it's he was so hostile from the very beginning. He clearly didn't read any of the scope that I sent to him. Right. And so when I put played my little game of like, hey man, here's what the internet says. This is fun. He yeah yeah. He was like, like excuse my French for those nine s- nine people watching. I I said so you don't <laughs> believe in truth then? And he goes, oh, what a stupid fucking question. And I was like. Huh. Oh man, like this isn't yeah. like you obviously don't get yeah. the game I'm playing because I openly nah. said I found this stuff on the internet. And so Habir was not like that. He was actually nah. Nah. he could play with the game, he could roll with it. But from yeah, like to the point, sorry, to the point where he was like, I'm beyond convincing lefties, and you were like, Okay, so I'm gonna throw some lefties at you <laughs> and I want you to convince. And he was yeah. like, Okay. Yeah, 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 that's right. So yeah. Because he he like he was a good sport. His fans are trolls and, and, and the type of yeah. person that that is a the type of person you find coalescing around these ideas, I feel like says mm. something mm. and that's to be taken mm. into consideration when I des- I'm digesting the idea. But when you ask me the question like, how did I feel that I did it? I I like I think I got hung up on on following one thread of narrative that I knew he would go towards. And I I, yeah, I yeah. I wanted to do so much justice because this is my area, not even my area. I've done a lot of hobby homework and I teach economics. Yeah. I know a little yeah, bit yeah. about economic policy and I know a little bit about this this area. And I kind of yeah. knew where he would go. And, and I think I, I focused too much on my desire to do justice to the other side of the argument to kind of make him yeah, look... Yeah. I'll never convince him, but to kind of make him look like a like he's not answering the questions well because if you listened you listened to it he said Mm. it's all corrupt there's money in the system ceos oligarchs all these people are controlling money and all these things and then i let him i opened the trap door i let him in and i knew he would go there and then i said okay so if he's not anti-establishment like what is the 281 lobbyists, the CEOs, the money from billionaires, <laughs> the people yeah, in these things? Like if yeah, that's yeah. not establishment, what is? And I, I, I knew that's he would right. go there. And so if I'm honest, that's not the spirit of Ideas Digest. If I'm truly <laughs> honest, yeah. I, I, did, yeah. I did a little bit of like of getting to know him, but it's also very mm-hmm. difficult to get to know people like him when his whole persona is the ideas he projects. So at the beginning, I really wanted to get a sense right. of who he was and maybe follow his journey from his self-proclaimed liberalism to pro-Trump conservatism. See, that's where I had more questions too. Yeah. I was like, tell me about that. Like he gave just this like little kind of, like it was a little slice. Yeah. It was a tiny slice. And it's like, yeah. so tell us like, you know, your, your journey that took you from India to America and for, and it, well, is he working in hydro, hydroelectric generation? Yeah, he's an engineer. Um, and, <clears throat> yeah, and you were saying that he was working in hydroelectric generation. He got so frustrated with the green lobby blocking environmental yeah. change yeah. And, 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 and corruption. 
And so yeah. they seem to me to be the two threads that he gave. Yeah. And, and I what I can't them. get... I should have followed that. But, uh, yeah, I know, but I, I got, I got it because it was just like story, just through story after story <clears throat> after story. And that's a tough, that's a tough gig. But for me, the thing that I was like, so you got out of it because of blocking environmental legislation and corporate corruption in politics. Yeah. And then you follow that guy. Like, yeah. that's a thing that didn't make any sense to me. It's like... That's right. I wanted to understand more about that. Like, so you go from, um, you know, the, the things that block you. And, I, like, the hard thing is they're legitimate criticisms too, right? Mm. Like, that's the hard part. Like, to, to look at the left and be like, well, there is blocking of... Um, there is blocking of that kind of stuff on the left. It's like, yeah, that, mm. that's... I think that's probably true. Yeah, like, you talk to but any... But then to go to driver. the other guy... And they're like, yeah. the fact that you can't drive a full... Like, the fact that uh, Sylvan ran here, like, guys get in trouble for building mountain bike tracks. The least invasive bush activity yeah. that's out there. When guys are going in there yeah. logging and all, all of that stuff, it's like... Uh, no, that's no, no, no. The, That's I kind know. of it's what a, people uh, characterise environmental regulation yeah. as. And that's, that's environmental re- regulation at its worst. Yeah, yeah. But then to swing, like, it, it's, it's not even like a swing. It's like, how far can you swing the mm. other way? I mean, we're talking about now supporting someone that has, like, rolled back every kind of environmental regulation that was put in the last, like, eight years. Yeah, well, who's it? Yeah, this this is is what I said, like, who's in charge of the EPA? An ex-gas coal lobbyist. Like, (laughs) right? That's the thing that doesn't, it doesn't, that's the stuff that didn't make sense to me. Yes. It's like, so in support of, like, I buy, I buy that whole, like, criticism of of the left kind of thing like yeah, yeah sure yeah but then so you gave up on all of those ideals Are you, would yes. you still consider yourself an environmentalist or not at all now yes yes that I mean? would have been interesting to explore i think yeah, yeah. that's what i'm disappointed but if it, i didn't narrow <laughs> in on and there probably wasn't enough time to cover so much ground yeah. but i but wish i, I next... narrowed in on his 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 like exodus from one to the most extreme. And I feel like I found the same journey paralleled in his anti-establishment journey. But like I was telling you, I was too tunnel visioned on that journey to, to truly explore his personal journey through, through that. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. So like, but then I think you actually asked really open questions, like questions that then gave a chance to be like, okay, so tell us, why, what is it about mm. Donald Trump that is like going to be the savior of America? Like give me something. Did you feel like you actually got a satisfactory answer about how Donald Trump was going to save America? No. And I think, I think you picked up on this as well. <laughs> like wh- here's what I got from it. You tell me what you got from it. I asked the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Trump says this stuff. He's like, Trump is for democracy. Yeah. He is for freedom. He's, I get it. He says this stuff. Cool. Yeah. Great yeah. start. And then I drilled mm-hmm. down that question you're asking. I'm like, so what, when he says, we need someone who says screw China. And so I was trying to get at, okay, well, what is screw China look like in a policy? What, what policies has he done yeah. and have these helped make we things better? we don't talk better? policy. <laughs> and that's what he said. He said, and and part of me respects it because he said, you know what? Policy is so complicated. I possibly can't sit there and debate all the nuance of policy and probably you can't either. And I'm like, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. But then what's left? 
because he said, I don't want to talk ideology left versus right. And he kind of said, like, left and right can both do it. But then very bought the yeah. narrative of all the left is characterized like Bernie, yeah. AOC, this new emergent <laughs> wing of the left is the same as Joe Biden and this Clinton <laughs> establishment. Like, they're the same to him. Yeah. And so. To me, that's. That's really illuminating. And, and that question you asked where you were like, okay, so if we get to ideology, and I'm, I'm completely with you. If, if we're talking someone saving a nation and we can't talk policy and we can't talk ideology. What's left? There's, n- there's not a lot left. And then it's like, okay, we talk outcomes. It's like, well, what, what are outcomes based on? It's like, uh, who sets outcomes? Like, where do you get mm. outcomes from? Well, you mm. get outcomes from the policies themselves. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said this shortly after. He's like, well, th- these are the objectives set in policy, right? And then it's like, and policy is shaped by ideology. It's like yeah, talking about outcomes removed from policy and talking about outcomes removed from mm. policy that's removed from ideology. It's like, there's sort of, mm. like it becomes really easy then to make it whatever point you want to make it. Mm. Because you can point to whatever population you want to point to as the outcome. And that's what mm. he said. He's like, don't worry about the data. Like, don't worry he, about he, that at he all. He wouldn't he wouldn't agree he to He said, any- go talk to the people in the street, right? That's that's <laughs> right, that's right. It's like and, and I'm no, like, no. like really? fair, fair point. Like there is a fair point yeah. in that saying, yes, you can't sit in your ivory little tower and sterilely no, no, no. look at the data. You do need to talk to the people and I get that. Have to. But to. not but sorry, on the emphasis on that, of <laughs> sorry. don't look at data. I need, I need. <laughs> polling is talking to people who vote. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good point. Like, good point. So as a nerd, as a massive nerd, when I hear... Because um, you like, do this research people, for your job. Research, this is what you do. So much research is talking to people. Like, that's the point. Like, there are people that just go oh. and spend an hour with someone on the street. It's like, so, so research your, is not res- just number crunching. Your response research to... Research is talking to people. It's talk. Yeah. Your response to him in that, w- that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. You're saying when he says you can't just sit there, look at data and be like some, some like bean counter up there. You would actually yeah. say, well, actually, the beans they're counting are the painstaking works of talking to people. Often. Yeah, and it's not just that. And I think this is yes, where okay. I think people get a uh, like, and I don't want to go into some big thing about like science and our uh, approach to understanding expertise and all that kind of stuff. But it's hard not to when we start talking about like we fundamentally misunderstand what research is trying to do and how we piece these things together. And you think so? He's what I do in my, this? I don't know. I can't Sounds speak for like him. It. But when we say that we can't take data, like, you know, we can't just look at outcomes like the kinds of outcomes you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and like, so let's let's say, like, you know, number of jobs lost or like these kinds of things. They, they, there are stories that accompany those. And what people do as a field is they work together. So I, you and I might, you know, we might get a whole bunch of jobs information and people's incomes and like how they've grown under Trump versus how they grew under Obama yeah. and, and Biden. And like they may do that like number crunching stuff, but then there are other people that, and so everyone publishes their stuff, but put together, you get a better picture. It's like pieces of a puzzle that yeah, creates okay. a picture of what we, yeah. what we see. And we work on different sections of puzzles. Mm. You know, I'm working on the edge and then you guys, you, you're finding all the red stuff and making the, like the, the jumper mm-hmm. of the person wearing the red stuff. And it's like mm-hmm. together, the research field is doing its best to get an accurate picture of that whole picture. 
Mm-hmm. And so to say that we have to ignore data and go and talk to people on the street, that is data. That is right. data. Yeah, like yeah, the, it's part of and the so picture like, of data. It has to be. And it's like, how yeah. does all that fit together? Now, I agree with him. You can't just do the bean counting stuff. Yeah. But people don't. Yeah, you don't just want to and look at economic is, figures. Yeah, and the, I think one of the challenges um, is that people want to just thin slice it. So it's like, well, let's look at these puzzle pieces only and prove our point. It's that like, fit no, in ideology. In, in the whole, yeah, you have, you have to look at it in the whole thing and how it's a function of ideology and policy. So that's what that's kind of what you would be <laughs> nerd saying. Nerd alert! <laughs> so Do we need a nerd alert siren? No, no, they <laughs> know we if, you, if, if you're watching, we're just a couple of nerds. Yeah. Well, you're actually yeah. a nerd. I'm just a pseudo-nerd. Um, so that's <laughs> that's kind of what you're saying then. You're, you're saying that he, he would say there's no ideology, but it almost functionally, he was... He, Every the way he would use data to back up points seemed to yeah. only be some level of ideology. If I'm going to tell you what I really think, yeah, yeah, I think not many people are going to maintain, really watch this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> to maintain support for Trump, you basically have to find data that supports your belief, right? And you I think, object when when telling us what Russ really thinks when you look at the data. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see his points being substantiated. No. Right. And, and, and so, for example, if we're talking about, like, corruption in politics... Yes, then, which was his main I, I, key point. He wants freedom, main, democracy, yeah. the oligarchs, the, the aristocracy, and whatever words he was throwing in there were being controlled by the machine. Trump's anti yeah. that. And so we can, we, can take one, we can take one data point... In, in the big narrative, and that can support what we're talking about. Like, well, he's he doesn't take his salary. He donates his salary to the parks. Don't get me started on that. Do not get me started. And then you just ask the question, how much money has been spent at his own hotels and his yeah. own golf clubs <clears throat> on government dime? Well, if you understand and branding, like, <laughs> if, you, if you understand branding at all, and yeah. if you understand, I think I sent you a link, like when you... And, and once again, someone can dispute these facts. If there's a friend of the show yeah. listening and going, hey, I'm going to correct your facts on this, do it. Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. If, if this doco I watched is, is false, like, tell me. But as, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as I'm aware, he has, he's, he has not placed it into a blind trust. He's put it in a trust of which he is still a direct controller of, is, which is apparently... Is this his company stuff? Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Which he is apparently against the Constitution. He, like, this is presidents are required to divest... Yeah. And so if you understand yeah. branding at all, when, you, when he took office, his hotels and everything doubled in price. Everyone could actually, everyone could actually yeah. stand there um, and everyone could go there because the Trump brand, if you understand branding, he has just valued up his brand on everything. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah. the money he makes but- from the office is insane. But you can make the argument it's, about it's the Clintons and any president. They all make money from it in the end anyway. So should they really be paid? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, look, I, I agree completely. But the point is, is I, like, I, I read some stat and, and I, I'm not going to quote it because I'll be wrong. So for me, we're talking like, we're talking over $100 million related to his golf trips, to his own properties. Yes. Spent at his properties. So what's, so let's say he's there four years, he's on 400K a year that he donates 
I mean, if my if my if my maths with Australian money is the same as my maths with American money, I mean, what are we? One point yeah. six million. Yeah, a lot of money. So, so one point six million is fine. Like that's a lot of money, but it ain't a hundred million. And so to donate one point six to get a hundred, like <laughs> that's right. That's right. So and so I think I guess, yeah, and yeah, so keep going. like, but it's so even on that. So we say we get back to that core idea, and, and so for me, the, the data on here is. Um, so the story there is like, okay, so he donated his, his salary. So he, he's a great guy. He's not about corruption in politics. And then you yeah. find out that other countries are paying to stay at his hotels. Like a lot of money. And, and, and the Trump yeah. and some of them are, won't like, release the details of how much money is being spent no. to those hotels. No. I mean, he, he no. might be clean. He might be clean. But the fact is we, sh- we, need, to, we need to look at those books. That's the fact. And the fact yeah, that we can't I, see those books is the problem. And I think the point is that it's like, the, the point is that when you, when you just look at that one point about, well, he donates his salary, he's the cleanest politician there's ever been, it justifies your position, but you don't take the whole picture. You don't look at all the data that's kind of around it. There's like so many other things that when you add together, tip the scales in, in the, and we haven't even talked about the fact that his daughter works at the White House. Yeah. Who elected yeah. her? That's right. Like, was she on the ticket? Was yeah. it like... Trump, Pence, and Ivanka. Did she get Trump, the job Pence, out Trump? of pure merit? Like, out of all the applicants, was she literally the hey, best? She, she could have been. She could be great. She could have she been. She could be great. Yeah. Look, she she probably is great at stuff. Hey, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, and then you take the son-in-law. So it's not just Ivanka. <clears throat> you don't just get Ivanka. You get Jared as well. And yeah. you don't just get Jared. You get Jared in charge of Middle East peace. <laughs> like, that, really? That's right. That's right. So but it's I, like, like, man... I mean, if we take the corruption line and you add yes. up all these data points around it, it's like, oh, fair yeah, and, and that's they, before we even examine the taxes. That and that's right. I yeah. didn't even bring up the fact that like tax law, like I, I had a whole like the bean counter lefty. I was gonna, I was gonna say to him yeah, to be yeah. like eighty. Like you're talking about court, like like being screwed over as a population. And I was gonna, I just, you know, it kind of. It kind of went on, so I kind of cut it there. But like 83%, like this tax cuts, because this is what they say. And, and a few friends of the show, I'm fan, like great that they've like been open with me. I've been like, oh, you support Trump? Really? More than I would surprise um, as I understand yeah. this stuff. And, and they, they say things like, like he's giving more money back to the people because that's what tax cuts look like. And, but I was going to put to him, okay, cool. But 83% <laughs> of those tax cuts yeah. went to the top 1% percent the the, the yeah. top like yeah. do you know how small that number is and then 53 yeah. percent of those tax cuts and by the way fact check me i haven't run these sums i'm trusting somebody if they're wrong i mean i'm writing them down me. but a, when but we got off here that's what i want to do but apparently 53 percent of those tax cuts that the middle class got will expire by 2027 and then the middle class will be paying more taxes than they were before and and i'm like I want what you want. Like, like Habia, I believe right. in freedom. I believe in democracy. I, I do believe with his central tenet. I agree with him wholeheartedly that something yeah, yeah. is broken in Western democracy. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. is this and I actually, run by elites sorry. level. Yeah, go. No, I, I was really liking where you were going. So I'm, I'm annoyed that I interrupted you. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But, that, but like, I agree with him. Like, and this is what like his little fanboys couldn't, couldn't grasp because they're not there for a conversation yeah. and, 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 and it's like, nah. and that's why I, I kept bringing up the left a little bit because 
the the fact he ver- he quickly dismissed Bernie so fast, there was no yeah. serious engagement with. Okay, cool, but but Bernie does have the same storyline you have. The rich are screwing you. Corporation yeah. is taking money from you. Yeah. You might disagree yeah. on solution, but he couldn't even yeah. hear the storyline. He just went, Bernie's a commie. The end. And and that <laughs> shows me, yeah. as I'm digesting his idea, that just shows me. You truly are only following facts that fit preconceived ideas because because if you're yeah. open to these things and you're truly following the facts, you'd go, oh no way, Bernie has the same thesis that I have that things are stacked in the yeah. el- elite's favour. So I, I, I right. weirdly agree with no. him. No, I, I completely agree too, and I thought your line of questioning was really fair, like it was in true ideas, ideas digest form, and we yeah. commend you for that. As, uh, well, I mean, thank you. Well, what are you going to say? Are going to say the patriarch, <laughs> the patriarch of the Ideas Digest family? I'll Although people it. are trying to smash the patriarchy, so you've got to be careful with the that. The patriarchy, I'll say yeah. that person next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, like, in true Ideas Digest form, really fairly asking, like, okay, I can go along with that, but then how does this... And, and, and exactly like you just framed up. And for me, I think the interesting thing in it like, I, I actually think he kind of raised a couple of really key points, and that is that Trump called out called out stuff. He called it out. He Drain said, the swamp. That's what he and, said. Yeah. And I think, like, people want that. They truly want yeah. that. Yeah. And I think it's probably, like, from my personal, if I'm telling you what I really think, the, the swamp yeah. needs to be drained all over the yeah. place. Like, left, right. left side of politics, right yeah. side of politics. I mean, my personal ban is there's probably less draining with some of the left because of, like, I mean, if we're taking the American politics line and we say Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, if they're taking but now I, donations... I tried to get him like, to distinguish between the left and he didn't. And they he couldn't. was like, from no. Biden to Warren to Bernie to a- it's AOC... It's the same thing. They're the same. And I'm I was like, like oh, I don't know, bro. Like, you, it just so shows... So you're saying me- Trump's the same as Mitt Romney? That's right. Like, That's, are you saying that, yeah, are you saying that yeah. Trump's the same as McCain? It's yeah, like, yeah, nah, man, or any other libertarian way. like some some don't tread on me right. guy. Like he's Trump the same as that? Yeah, like, no. Yeah, and it's just no, 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 no. So well, for me, yeah. Um, so yeah, but the thing about the thing that's hard for me to admit is that Trump actually called out stuff that needs to be called out. Yeah, yeah. Now right. is he? Do I think he's a a a, a sexual abusing racist? Yeah, I do. But that doesn't mean that he can't be right in diagnosing a problem. Should yeah. he be president? I don't think he should. Mm, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think he's so problematic on so many levels. And I want to get down the track to like the moral side of things later on. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, like when he says the Iraq war was wrong, like that was, Habib was big on that. He was like, he called out the mm. Iraq war in the debates. And, guess, like and guess, who was, guess who was anti the Iraq war as well? This is why I was just interested in his dismissal. Bernie Sanders, his whole his whole run, of course. and the fact that he could yeah. say, "I like that Bernie said that." Like the fact that you don't have the capacity yes. to go, if Trump condemned yes. the Iraq War, I'm with him. Yes, <laughs> like there's a lot of evidence right. to suggest that that wasn't a smart thing to do. That's exactly right, and so and I think one of the reasons why his critiques of Hillary um, stuck so mm. um, so badly in the debates and stuff like that is because they're completely believable. When he says you're crooked, Hillary, people look at her and they go. Yeah, maybe she is. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of evidence to suggest that, that is kind of true. Right. The problem is when, like, and it's just a framing thing. In throwing mm. the mud, no one looked at the mud thrower really that well. 
Like they no like and, and and so much of so much of him is so upfront that they just priced it in. Like they just go, well, yeah, he lies. Yeah, that I mean, the fact that that tape, um, the Access Hollywood yeah, tape, came out yeah. right before the election, like the right before the election, yeah. it shows that people had pretty much priced any of that sort of stuff into their so vote. You've you've kind of ended up where where I'm wanting to take this a little bit because yeah. this is this is a lot of your area of study and I'm always fascinated with your take on it because what I took yeah. away from that conversation, if I was to characterize that conversation from what I learnt from him was that he, it starts with a real diagnosis of the problem. There is a true yeah. problem of the system being stacked against him. But then it, when I say yeah. why Trump, cause that's the crux of it. I've spoken to many pro Trumpers. Yeah. I say why Trump, yeah. they say Hillary sucks. And I go, no, no, why Trump? No, no. I know Hillary sucks. That's right. I'm not a Democrat. Yeah, I'm not right. American. I don't have a tribe. I don't care. But why Trump? Yeah. And yeah. what if you ask me what I got from that conversation, all I got was Trump says he believes in freedom. He says yeah. screw China. He says the system's rigged. And that's enough for me. Because when I went yeah. into the policy, he goes, I don't care about that. This man yeah. has convinced me with his rhetoric and the way he is in the world that he is in. He believes in what I believe. And so that yeah. ideological alignment has just given him a free pass from looking at the hard line of policy. So I want to get your oh, take yeah. on... Well, I think... Sorry, on, I just want to get your take on the... I guess the behavioural mechanisms at play that might yeah. lead someone like Habir and, and anyone you know in that camp, whatever side of politics, to, to engage with politics in this superficial character. This is why ad hominem attacks like name calling and stuff works. And this is why Trump used it so much and it's his best tactic yeah. so far is because I yeah. didn't realize yeah, yeah. this until this conversation. The thing I learned from this conversation was that a lot of voters literally only listen to what they're saying. And they know it's a bit of yes. a lie, but they think their gut can tell them whether it's a good lie or a bad lie that's going to serve them. And I yeah. think Trump knew this all along. So, he, and I think, so talk to me about, is this a, do you think this is most people, how they engage with, with a lot of like politics? Like wh what's happening in the incentive structures yeah. that lead people to, yeah. to where Habir ended up? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot there. And I think that there are... Um, so I think basically, and I've talked to you about this, I think there are the stories we tell ourselves about the world and about ourselves. Yeah. And then there are the incentive structures that um, work for us in, in some kind of way. And I think for a lot of voters, there are the stories they tell themselves about the world. And they're a combination of their, their life history, their learning experiences, but also, also the things that they're being told about the world it's, itself. By like, so my parents, my parents are pretty left-leaning. They really are. They're really open. They're really left-leaning and they vote against their interests all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've been part of uh, conversations within my family that are really open, crit critical conversations. Your dad was actually Not on this podcast. Yeah, about why is, it, why is a Greens voter? Why, like, why, why he'll vote Greens Labor. Or Labor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, so I mean, that, that's part of my story. And then there are the experiences I have. So the actual like direct contact I have with the world myself. And so they're the things that shape my ongoing, um, the stories I tell myself. So I'll modify the stories I tell myself about the world so that they're congruent with my experiences, so that my experiences, you know, kind of match. So I'll sand some edges off. If, if, 
if my parents tell me something about the world and I go out into the world and that's the world's true. nasty in a way that's different, yeah, then I'm like, oh, and I, I have to like reconcile that to some degree. Reassess And so I might change. That's right. But then there are the actual incentive structures that are in play as well. And some of these, I think, are, well, some of these are conscious and some of these are, are not particularly conscious. And I think a lot of people are really easily bought and they're just like, oh, this will be good for me. We don't think long-term. And, and they're like, from, from my side of things, from my, um, my behavioral interests, anything that's really long-term um, is really, really hard to manage. I mean, these are the basic experiments they did with kids, like the Oreo and the marshmallow, right? It's like, yeah. you can have two marshmallows in 15 minutes or you can eat that one now. And it's like, mm-hmm. only a few kids make it through to that 15 minutes because kids are like marshmallow mouth eaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, we're the same. And that's why we uh, would rather pay more for something now than wait and get a good deal down the track. In terms so, what of do you like, think? You what, know, do you, what do you think is stopping, like with that conversation as you witnessed it, as 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 he yeah. set up the rules of his game? That I was like, all right, I want to play yeah, this yeah. game to understand the idea, and then I put to him yeah. evidence that seemed contrary to his worldview. What is it play that makes that invisible? Yeah. Well. Well, I think again, it's like. Unless there is like, un, like completely irrefutable, like hard evidence that I can't justify in any way, shape, or form, like continuing on with my perspective, um, in light of that evidence, then like I can always find a reason to maintain the status quo. I can always find uh, like it's kind of like behavioral momentum wins out. The story I tell myself about the world will win out out of momentum. So what does he get? And I'll give you- what does he get? from denying like that See, that yeah hard evidence so to speak because you say unless there's hard evidence but i'm kind of pushing yeah. further than that saying in the face of hard hard evidence what is yeah. the bonus so like, incentive structure that's that that goes it's better for me to ignore this than to yeah Im, like then to change what's being validated i think this so trump gives a bunch of outs right and and so hard evidence is only hard evidence if there is no way to escape it at all. And even then we, we can do our best to come up with all kinds of different reasons why, oh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's fine anyway. But when you say fake news, like he's just giving himself the, that's fake news. That's fake news. He's so just printed a get out of jail like, free card. That's what he's done. He's, yeah. he's printing press a monopoly. And he's just got, I've yeah. got one of these for everybody. That's right. That's right. And of course you start to knit some of these things together. And I thought one of the questions you asked was, was just was spot on. So you got to that, um, sort of morality towards the end where you're like, all right, so talk to me about, um, you know, gr- grabbing, grabbing women by the pussy. And yeah. he's like, he basically, he was kind of quiet for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's not perfect. Yeah. And it's like, and, and fundamentally, like that as an answer is it's kind of, and it's the same with the lying. So when, when lying is fine and he says, well, all politicians lie. It's like, yeah, people are not perfect, but they don't necessarily sexually assault women, allegedly. <laughs> Pe- people are not perfect. People are not perfect. Yeah, but he murdered somebody. Yeah, people aren't perfect. <laughs> and don't you think that there's just like... A, like and, and these are some oh, of the okay. little games we play Actually, that just create equivalents. Until that, I didn't see this until you said it just then, and this is my slow computation happening here. But the trivialization of sexual harassment happened in that moment because as soon as I replaced that as a yeah. joke with murder, everyone goes, oh, well, yeah. murder's different. Well, what about yeah, yeah. sexually harassing women? Like, 
That's yeah. not just... Yeah, yeah. Well, they would say he no, just no, no. says it. But a guy like that wouldn't just say mm. it. There's a lot of allegations. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's my... And some of the allegations seem to be moving through the courts credibly. Right. Like, so for, for me, you can't, you can't just create equivalence. And, and in, that simple, in that simple, like, equivalence that we generate there, we have our out. Hmm. So, so that's what like he was that done. That was his. In the, in the face. That was his well, it, go-to. One, he went. He's a liar. Mechanism. They're all liars. But it's like, sure, they're all liars. But the Washington Post, which established a fact-checking like division. Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. After he after he lied about his inauguration, he ticked over. Was it the twenty twenty thousandth <clears> lie in his term in office? I will say this, 20, though, 20, about that 20,000 lies. I, about that clicker, I, I actually looked at it and saw some of the claims, and I feel yeah. like now the Washington Post has just got incentives to get the number as high as possible. So he'll say something that's clearly that's just uh, a bit of engrossing facts, and they'll call that a lie as well. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. he actually does legit lies where he's making up employment number, unemployment numbers at 40 or 50%, yeah. which is like, that's something you yeah. can't just wing, right? Like, he's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I think there. Um, I was listening to something the other day, Lawfare, and it's the it's one of the yes. nerdiest podcasts going around, and and it was a Lawfare thing on the national security apparatus and um, and policy creation in national security under Trump, and they and and these were like inside sources who were briefing the president directly, who said that sometimes he misunderstands it, and sometimes Trump himself believes what he wants to be true. Mm. And I think that that's like, that's kind of, so there are times that he lies and there are times that I think he's almost created his own reality of what he would like to be true. And he tells himself that. And, and the guy doesn't like bad news. I mean, you hear reports of him like losing his business in the, in the Oval Office about getting bad news. And it's like, what incentive structures does that create around those around him to deliver bad news? And I think, Mm. My understanding of the presidency is it's the one job where you're guaranteed to get some bad news every bloody day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, how can you have a president that's not willing to look at bad news about mm. him in particular? So for me, for me, if we're kind of cutting back to it, I think yeah. there's heaps of mechanisms at play. And I think that they often involve uh, easy escapes that allow you to invalidate the weight of evidence around. Give me some so of those. Like, Give me some of those. You pointed out one that was... False equivalence. He, you know, False equivalence. He, he's a liar, yeah. and well, everyone's a liar, right? Yeah. And then there's like so the appeal one. to uh, the other one I noticed was the appeal to social proof. Because I, I said, well, look at all this funding coming from billionaires. Yeah. How is yeah, yeah. not that establishment yeah. and exactly what you're against? And he said, well, yeah. I'm not paid to support Donald Trump, and my friends aren't paid to support Donald Trump. So they're, yeah. and that was like, well, they're not doing it. It was kind of a bit of a social yeah. justification. That's right. And then there's like, well, there's an army of supporters for Trump, and none yeah. of them are paid. Like That's right. The, the, you know, and he's sort of like, who votes? Who votes? Who votes him in? Is it the billionaires, or is it are you know the supporters who cast the ballots? Yeah. He, Which I think yeah, is an interesting. He undercut thing. his own argument in that in saying that exact thing you just said because he goes, "It's all controlled yeah. by the elites." But then I could use his yeah. exact argument he used at the end yeah. to say, "Oh, but that's the people right. vote him in, not the billionaires." But this is eh. this is my point. It's when he says, "But that's different," and it's the escape. It's the right. create. It's the creation, and and it's like in the in the face of hard evidence, I am genuinely able to escape. Because 
I only need someone to publish something that I can latch onto. And so mm. for me, this is where I think media has played a huge part in this Trump story. So mm. Twitter and media. Like, does, is Trump president if he doesn't have Twitter? I don't he, think he is. <laughs> he technically would be. Well, no, sorry. <laughs> okay. If, if Twitter banned him when he started the Obama birther stuff, yeah. they said, nah, we're not going there. Oh, Does he become president? That's an interesting president? point. And it's counterfactual, oh, so we can never know. But yeah, I, you'll my, never know. My, my bet is he doesn't get the platform. Yeah. Well, he'd lose a lot of the outrage fuel that he f- used to fuel the mainstream media outrage yeah. machine. So the Twitter was the... That's right. He just light dropped sparks and the media would pick it up and put gasoline on it and make it bigger. Yeah. And, and so if there's no Fox News, is Trump elected? Yeah. You, you I don't would think, think so. not. But I would say... I don't think not. I think CNN and, and the people against him... I would almost say they are more culpable <laughs> than yeah, even Fox because I feel like, well, this yeah. is unsubstantiated theories being thrown out here. But I think <laughs> no, Fox, no, no. Tell us what you just, think. Tell us what you think, Conrad. <laughs> it, it, it's just I just think it, Fox is like preaching to the choir, right? Everyone's kind of going to do that. But CNN brought it to everyone's attention, and CNN oh, yeah. like yeah. made it almost, or it made it okay. And this is the age of politics right now. And I wonder if what's happened is, and, and this is another unsubstantiated theory right here. What's happened <laughs> no, is... This is good. I like where this is going. We had political disengagement because politics was boring. It was just, who, who cares? And then all of a yeah. sudden, reality TV came along. There's this figurehead of the American dream, the rich, quote-unquote, self-made billionaire who's like, he's amazing. <laughs> not oh, a billionaire, not yeah. self-made, but he is the icon nah. of it. And he rode yeah, yeah. that wave. And so yeah. he came along and everyone knew something was up. And they went, we've got to start engaging because things are broken. Like the, the wealth gap's growing, inequality's growing. And so yeah. Trump, I feel like the way he engages with politics engages more people that weren't previously involved in politics. And Yeah, I, I think you might be right there. Like there's a, there's a whole group that are just like, politics, politics isn't for me. Or it just appealed to them on some kind of like, and I think, I think we're like getting to something here around what Habib was saying, and you said it before, and that is that he says what people want to hear, like he's what the things that he says on their face, and he says like, it in a way he, that people believe, and I think it's the he dirt does. he he rolls in the dirt so to speak, and then says it, yeah. and it's because the way he rolls in the dirt, people go. It's genuine. Whereas when Obama says it, he's not rolling in the dirt. He doesn't seem like a genuine, no, no, no. relatable guy because he's no. too smooth talking. He's, he's a professor. Like he's, yeah. He was legit a professor. He was a law professor. Yeah. Like he's constitutional smart, law. He's very smart. He's a smart man. But it's like, so when Trump says something like that too, and the other thing is, he says stuff that politicians shouldn't say. Yeah. So sometimes he lies about things that people wouldn't lie about. <clears throat> he lies about things you, they would lie about. And then he tells the truth about stuff that's behind the curtain that you just shouldn't yes. say. Yeah. And so when he does that, people mm. go, oh, he's a truth teller. He's like, mm. Mm. he may have told the truth, but that doesn't make him a truth teller. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like saying, Russia, if you're listening, like that's saying the quiet part out loud. Like that's actually... <laughs> but people are like, 
all politicians are like that. And it's like, nah, nah, I don't know if all politicians are like trying to get foreign powers to help them get elected. But it's yeah. kind of like, he, he just seems so like viscerally real in a way. But despite again, all the other stuff that he does that just hides. And this is, I think, what, what you were trying to get at. So much of what he actually does. He says all this stuff. Some of it's lies. He says a lot of lies. He says some stuff that he believes to be true that's just not true. Mm. And he says a whole bunch of stuff that might actually be true that people shouldn't say. Mm. And that hides that what he's doing is still as corrupt as, as everything else may be the most corrupt. It says, mm. I'll drain the swamp. And mm. what he's done is he's brought all his swamp mates into the mm. swampiest part of the swampy swamp ever. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I... <laughs> and I think that's, that's your point. To point out. That's right. I tried to yeah. point out, like, I agree. I think this, there is a swamp. But yeah. how does this guy not have the swamp? And so it just really exposed to me that... And I want to point out something that any like the three people that are, are kind of going to listen to this... It, you know, you know That's my... That's 150 bucks, man. <laughs> you know my, like... Like, I come down hard on Obama. Harder than probably anyone I know. Because, yeah. because yeah. according to, to, to economists like Robert Reich, that he, he, Obama oversaw the largest transfer of wealth from poor to rich in the history of, in the history of uh, everybody. In the history yeah. of, like, modern America, right? During the 2008 yeah, financial yeah. crisis. So if you ask me... I would yeah. actually say Obama is worse than Trump only because you can't see when you're getting screwed because <laughs> yeah. e- like every president before Trump led to Trump. That's in my, that's, that's if you ask me what I really think the yeah. system yeah. led to yeah. Trump and Trump is just the guy just pulling the levers and you can see the levers and, and, and he's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just like, <laughs> this is the machine that they left me. Whereas Obama was like, Oh, let me be smooth and pull the lever behind my back. And you can't see kind of what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And he, and then, so Trump comes up riding this wave of issues he presents and sounds anti-establishment. And I think yeah. at the end of the day, what I got from Habir was that's all that matters. He thinks yeah. he's anti-establishment. And if I'm to question, I want, do you, what do you think yeah. about this? If I say, when I, come, when I say to Habir, you think Trump is anti-establishment, here are some data points to suggest he is even more establishment than even Obama and Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Am I questioning because he's it seems as if he's made this political decision based on a gut reaction yeah. and uh you know how people go oh I can just tell who's a good person? <laughs> Do you think I'm calling yeah. into question his ability oh, to determine what good character is? So when I say listen I think you've mischaracterized <laughs> Trump, what he hears is nah, I'm a good judge of character. Don't come at my ego construct in that way. What like what do you make That's of that? That's so interesting. No, I feel I, there's definitely something really interesting to dig into there. And, and I think um, there's a whole lot of stuff that's... Ide- like, and this is the funny thing about identity politics. The right gets in on identity politics. Like, steel cap boots, they love kicking it. You know, <laughs> identity politics is like such a culture war whipping boy. But there is... There, like, the right is as deep into it as anyone I mean, if well, we I would argue they the are almost pushing and creating the story of identity politics. I don't think anyone would even know what that term meant if they didn't push nah. it and say it's part of the political reality and landscape. And I've heard people say all politics is identity politics. And I mean, Ezra Klein is big on this. It's like when we talk about identity politics, 
the thing that's unsaid is like what you and I engage in is white identity politics. It's it's just it's unsaid because we're part of a dominant oh, um, yeah. population within so, within it. society. And it's like all the stuff that we do is is based in identity because we all have different identities. And that's kind mm. of the point. And I think when we start to question Trump, and, and Trump is wrapped up in so many other things, and the, the reactions are so visceral. Like when people, like you're saying, it's like, well, I just listened to him and he just sounded like such a strong, honest leader. Like you say, if I'm like, really? Because he's told more lies than anyone else. Like you said, it comes yeah, to a question of like, well, are you a bad lies. judge of people? You're yeah. measuring those lies because we introduced the data point of policy. So you're saying he's told lies, but if you don't look at yeah. the outcome and the rubber of the road <laughs> of policy, you can't identify yeah. lies. And then he's given you yeah. the biggest out anyway. Because I think I presented a data point to Habir that he was like, that's not true. And I'm like, okay, so you're calling fake news on that one. And there's nothing I can yeah. say about that because I didn't do the study. No. And I'm... and. No. and he hasn't looked into it either. He just goes, no, nah, I don't think that's true. And yeah. then there's no reality to debate on anymore. Nah. And even if, like, even if you and Hebeer went on that research journey together and he watched it and at the end of it said, I don't think that's true. Like, where do you go from there? Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but like, that, what? that's why it's so genius. Like, and that's the point. Yeah, it's so, yeah. It makes... I know. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't argue with it. And that's my point. It's like, I can continue telling myself the story about, my, about the world about what I think Trump is and who he stands for. I mean, and, and the, the, the Trump is strong on China is such an easy thing just to say. And then to, to debunk that is a really, really technocratic answer. It's like a really technical, really into the weeds kind of answer. You know, I mean, things like the Trans-Pacific Partnership and Trump just gets in and says, these are bad deals. I'm tough on China. We're going to, I'm going to unilaterally do this to, to China. Yeah. And it's like... you. In order to counter the, the absolute weight of China, you need an alliance of nations that's locked together in some kind of formal agreement. That's right. He However, do formal agreements. He also yeah. like broken clock is is right twice a day, yeah. right? Yeah. And the TPP yeah. had its own problems in handing over power, yeah. unchecked power to corporations to sue governments and things like that. And so, come on, uh, like yeah. when when Trump did that. For different reasons, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm kind of happy about that. That's interesting. That, but not for yeah. the reasons you did it for. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I think this is the thing about Trump. He says stuff that at different stages is, is in the right ballpark in terms of there's a problem over here. To be honest. And I think he broadly points to stuff like there's a problem over here. There's yes. a problem over there. And, and, and it's like, is... you know what? There actually is... And I think the left does itself a disservice by being like, oh, Trump doing such and such. It's like, is there some kind of more nuanced way where it's like, but there is no nuance. And I think we'll get back to that. No, is that, there some that kind of nuanced way where it's like, you know what? There's a problem with China. Yeah, definitely. I was just about to, I was just about to say that. Like in yeah. that I, one of the podcasts you sent me, the guys were talking about the fact that the, the West has largely created a massive powerhouse that is China by just going, it's cheaper, ship it there, and kind of yeah. being very light on yeah. China. Like, China doesn't care what America yeah. and Australia and stuff but think. It does whatever it wants, and we're like, oh, sorry, guys, sorry. Like, you could be more strong-handed with a, with a country with a government like China, but does that mean no Trump's doubt. approach is the best one? Well, well no, but there's no. still a real problem <laughs> that, he's, that he started yeah. with. His solutions and are I, I, not quite there. And I think, 
so on a gov like a governing perspective, he points to stuff that's right, or at least in the right zone. Sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> and, and that's enough, right and it's an, yeah, and it's kind of like in some ways, it's kind of uh, when you think there's low probability, like when you're like, oh, let's just let's get any win we can here, because we want to prove a point. We want to prove a point that he is our man. You only need to hit, it's like you pull the handle and you only need those things to spin around and land and line up and the music to sound and the coins to come jingling out once or twice. And you're like, see, see, gambling is a good way to make an income. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right? right. And it's like, and I think like in some ways getting it right with Trump is kind of a gambling thing. And what we know about yeah. gambling behaviors is when you, when you hit the jackpot intermittently every now and then behaviorally, it's the most resistant behavior to change. I think the, the other thing about the, the Trump narrative for me is it's, it's all about looking and sounding strong. And, mm. and, and we've heard this in the past. And, and so many people love this idea of strength and strength and strength and strength. Mm. You know, like America's tough. He's tough on crime. He's, he's tough on China. He's tough on, he's strong. I wonder what you think. Like, is that how you actually build a strong nation? What do you think? Oh, me? You want to know what I think? Yeah. I, 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 just tell <laughs> us what you think. I think, well, I think only women can save us. I think I agree. Come on. Like call me call me religious. Call me like like truly religious and believing Jesus's like uh, model of pacifism and uh, showing strength by uh, submission and and serving and all of those sorts of things. Yeah. And when I look at Jacinda Ardern who 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 comes to power and says I want a government uh, based on kindness like yeah. That is strength to me. That will be... Because yeah. when you look at... And, and you can say, oh, don't be naive, Conrad. You need wars and armies and things like that. But, but uh, like, do you need a war? Does Australia need to, to keep shipping boats back to Indonesia? If we supported them to independently develop a country that didn't have certain levels of poverty that required people to leave, yeah. right? Do, would we need yeah. armies if we looked after our geographical neighbours? If we used our privilege to actually build these things up? So... Do I right. think that, that that strength? No, I don't personally. So, like, because the whole point here was Trump's the only person that can save America. Yeah. And it's America like, is doomed without Trump. America is doomed without Trump. And so it's about this strength, this, like, you know, he's coming in strong. He's, like, all, so much of his narrative is on this, like, yeah, going to... We're going to be tough on, we're going to be strong, we're going to do all this kind of stuff. And, and like, that seems to be his method of, of, so it's going to be, we're going to make a better deal, and that deal is zero sum. Like, mm. you're going to have to compromise, and we're going to get the best out of the deal. And it's, we're going to be tough on these countries, and we're going to, you know, we're going to build a wall. And it's like all this, like, it's, it's like a hardened, fear-based well, let me, strength. Let me put to you this then, and I, I wonder... You've heard probably partially this theory. Is mm. Trump and the figure of Trump and the icon of Trump and, and who Trump is, yeah. is he truly the idol and God America has worshipped these last 200 years? Is this figurehead <laughs> of strength, this figurehead of wealth, oh, this figurehead of 
like what does he represent he represents the american dream like you hear oh he's a good businessman he's strong he he fights for what we believe in he cares for freedom and justice he tells us he's all of those things that's right (laughs) that's right but yeah because that's yeah. the thing with an idol. It's impotent. You look at it. Mm. It's visual. It's just mm. a, it's a, it's an ornament. Yeah. And is Trump the God construct of America, the ornament that reflects back to America what they have worshipped in a punitive God? Like you look at the God construct of evangelicalism. Oh, is there any huh. wonder why yeah, yeah. his biggest base is evangelicals? Because on some level... Sure, they can say, I don't believe in his sexism because I'm a Christian, but he, you know, I think he's God appointed. Do you yeah. think that when they look at Trump on some like non cognitive level, are they seeing a reflection of the God that they truly worship? One that punishes homosexuals, one that punishes the enemy, one that has a God on your side in Iraq, like God's will. <laughs> the God is, is behind your army, not theirs. Do you think yeah, that, yeah. that they are truly one in the same oh, thing? That's that's so interesting. That's so interesting. I don't know, which of course is hard to say. Um, because when you listen to like his we... Habir's rhetoric around how he talks about that and the and the yeah. inability to critique it, like I would say in that conversation, yeah. Trump yeah, was, was beyond like critique. Faith. That's right. And his followers. It's, he. I've it's never faith, not political alliance or allegiance no, or or yeah. vote like. Yeah, his, following, you know, voter sense. He's, um, he's, like, he said, oh, I started doing this a few months ago and got so many people. He's almost fanatic, religious, zealot-type people who, who follow him to the oh. end of the earth. I've only encountered that through religious fanaticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So, okay, I don't know if, because I think the American evangelical, and I can't speak for them, but I suspect, I wonder if they would say no Thou shalt have no other gods before. Oh no, they. But, they but he's a prophet. He's a prophet. Well, I, I think I'm not even. You know what I mean? Like, like a leader, like a prophet, or like. But I, I get, I get your point. Yeah, I think it's wrapped up in like a religious kind. Like of, they wouldn't even know this. They would have to. Like, like my theory nah. is, is that that's how oh. we engage with everything, right? And and the fact that this idea of Trump is beyond critique. The idea that tribal politics is beyond critique. To quote Richard yeah. Raw, that which is beyond critique will soon become demonic. And so the fact that yeah, yeah. I on. couldn't critique Trump kind of gives me yeah. a bit of an insight nah, into, into the sure. God status that it kind of holds. And I would just say that God is a reflection of the self-ego. Yeah. It's how well, you think, think I, God is. And I think the language that's used to describe Trump fits that really well. Yeah, I mean, you know when he did that, like, walk across to the church with the Bible and held up the Bible? Like, people talked about that as, what do they call that? Like, a Jericho walk? Or, like, (laughs) I mean, they were talking... Nah, for real. Like, there are... I remember reading... I was reading an article, I think it was a Guardian article, that was talking to a a family of Trump supporters, and and it was like, when my mum saw that happening live on TV, she was uncontrollably crying, which we thought was the Holy Spirit, and it was in relation to this being this symbolic, like, capturing of the... Like reclaiming the the holy place in Washington through the so it's like yeah I think there's a whole lot of stuff wrapped up like that in there we see it all the time hmm. and of course can it be justified by the man's approach to life 
Uh, like, what's your favorite scripture? Well, I don't want to get into specifics. I don't get it's like into an actual it. the whole thing. That's his actual quote. <laughs> like, what's your favorite book of the Bible? It's like, uh, which two person? Are you an Old Testament guy? Are you an old? Yeah, are you an both. Old Testament guy or a New Testament? I like both. I like both. Like, why wouldn't <laughs> I like both? And <laughs> and and then there's like the the point about like the sexual assault uh, alleged sexual assaults we don't want to be up for any kind of like defamation or anything like <laughs> yeah you might <laughs> these alleged <laughs> sexual assaults um and i mean that's you asked you asked to be outright does the end justify the means and he said no but it's like how can you approach that any different when you say that it doesn't matter like i mean he he described and i i, I found it a really interesting and really honest story where he's like you know people used to like you know, call like racially vilify me. Yeah, at call rallies him towelhead and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but we were kind of on the same team about the Iraq War, and that's what mattered. And so for me, that again is like, well, does the end justify the means? It's like it doesn't matter whether you and I treat yeah. each other. He said like racism didn't we... matter. He said racism didn't matter. But then it's like, well, if Trump doesn't, if if lying doesn't matter because everyone lies. If alleged sexual assaults don't matter because none of us are perfect, then ultimately we get to the end justifies the means. Like, and the end here is my man Trump. But you, but you, and also, what yeah. he says he's going to do. It's not yeah, even okay. a deep dive. It's it's yeah, it's so right. it's back That's to what you're end. saying. It's yeah. the idol of it. It's the idol of it. The end is the idol of Trump. Yeah, because I was actually going to take I don't know. one one step slightly deeper and say. You couldn't measure the ends because he's not looking into policy to measure the rubber of the road. But you identified not, it correctly by saying the ends is his decision to support this icon, and yeah. and that's kind of why I guess I'm going towards this like symbolic language because I think in this conversation, I just think that's where that's where it ends up. I feel like I was talking mainly about something that was a you know very personally connected which is most of politics is very personally connected but i was also talking like the thing that i was trying to critique it was as if i was critiquing religion it was as if i was critiquing a a hard and fast ideology and that's why i say trump as an icon because trump is a man maybe this is where the left miss it maybe this is where critique of trump and this whole conversation is pointless because we sit there and go we live in objective reality. We have these metrics to determine what objective reality is and Trump's not measuring up to them. He says these things. He's not following up. Yeah. How, how are you not seeing these hard and fast facts? But if yeah. we yeah. stop this terminology and this way of engaging with politics in a very materialistic, scientific, measurable way, which I'm not saying is bad. I think it's quite useful. But <laughs> maybe that isn't how we deal with these things. Maybe we would have more luck engaging with it as we engage with Christians as we engage with people of religious faith. We don't come to someone's yeah. religious faith and say, you know what? God's not real. You're an idiot. Some people do, but it's not very helpful for a conversation. Yeah. No, we ask right. them, yeah. and maybe this is where I failed. Maybe this is where I failed. Because if I picked that up, I could have said and turned it back on him and said, how does Trump, how does this belief in Trump help you? What does it give you? Because if I ask that religious question of people saying, how does this faith and belief in a literal heaven help you? They'll say, well, it gives me hope for a future that this world is an end and this suffering isn't pointless, right? And I go, wow, that's beautiful. And it helps you get through the world. So how does this religious figure, this religious icon called Donald Trump, 
How does he help you? Well, he gives me safety. He ma- he lets me know that freedom and democracy yeah. does matter. It let you know what it gets rid of the fear. It gets rid of the fear. Sorry, I'm ranting right yeah. now. But no, no. It, Come it on. Gets, it gets Tell us what of, you think. <laughs> it gets rid of the fear that says, you know what? Democracy is looking a little bit shaky, but this man's going to stand up for it. I have certainty yeah. and security yeah. in this man. And you know what? If you take this icon of a man away from me, if you take that away from me, then I fear for the future of democracy. What's now I'm left? scared for what my American freedoms. I'm scared yeah. now. And so maybe I, I've yeah. just learned, I've just kind of, I'm just saying this for my own benefit right now. No, maybe, no, that's, yeah. maybe that's what I need to see when I see a Trump supporter. The same thing I need to see when I see someone who believes in a vindictive, angry God that sends people to hell. I don't judge or condemn them. I say, how does that, like, what has your life led you to for you to need that construct? So that's the question uh, I wonder that yeah. we should be asking of a Trump supporter. Why do you need this construct of this yeah. strong man? Yeah, I think that's so. I think that's so interesting. And then it's um, like there, there are second and third order questions that flow out from that again. I mean, if, like if he's going to save America, is it America's place? Like, why why does America need to be the most important place for people too? You know, like, it, it, and I, I think I, one of the things I really like about what you just framed up there um, is it's compassionate for a start. And I think that we lose people. Um, and, and I'm guilty of this. The, the immediate judgment of Trump supporters, because there's just so much yeah, evidence. It's, it's, it's pretty just hard, like, yeah. what the hell? Like, you know when people, it's like, <clears throat> like what, what, what the hell? Like, how, how can you be behind this guy and say that he is all of these things when, like, he's locking kids in cages and he's, you know, threatening the Constitution through the Postal Service, like a whole bunch of things like this. It's like, what do you mean he's going to save America and America's doomed without him? He's like legitimately crying <laughs> and I but that's not the helpful way to engage with the supporters and the base and I think you're right yeah. I think it's about how does it function for people and I think we can continue to tell ourselves stories and the mm. more people come at, and I think this is like a an Israel Folau, uh like I think there's a lot of stuff, and, and sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna connect Israel Folau and Donald Trump here. I, I've got okay. okay. The football player Israel Folau, who's a Christian and lost his contract because what have of, I done? What have I done? <laughs> because of uh, saying homosexuals were going to hell, so Qantas dropped him from the team, and he took it to court, and they settled outside of court. So Israel Folau, the rugby Australian yeah. football player, and Donald J. Trump, the leader of the free world, go. So. Israel Folau said some stuff that a lot of people found objectively um, uh, horrible to um, gay people. And he got a lot of blowback. And I feel like the Christian community sort of, like, in some areas, really rallied around him. Like, like you know you're saying the right things when people persecute you like they did Jesus. And in some ways... I'm, like, it's kind of a confirmation, and we yeah. seek confirmation in everything we do. We're biased for confirmation. We look for every piece of evidence to support our decision-making. And so when we stand up and say things that are objectively hurtful, and people, like, come back and condemn us for that, we can say, well, Lord, I've done my bit. I've, I've stood mm. up for my beliefs, and I've been condemned. It's like, and I'm not sure that that's what Jesus... persecution broadens, too. And, the, and you and I have talked about category errors. So people make category errors too, where we yeah, think... Yeah, tell us what a category error is. 
So a category error is where we miss a definition. So there's like a, a key part of a definition that we kind of miss out on. And so we say that this is the same as this and they're not. There are distinct differences. And so we put both things in the same category when they shouldn't. They actually belong in distinctly different categories. And I mean, this is hard when we're talking about like hate speech and free speech. Um, so some people put free speech in the hate speech category and some people put the hate speech in the free speech category and we miscategorize them. And you would say that is a category category error. Yeah, and it's really hard. Like, how do you and I have a conversation about whether that's free speech or hate speech when we have completely different definitions of what free speech is and what hate Uh, speech is? And we don't take the time to pass out those definitions. Nah, nah, that's exactly right. So anyway, I think for a lot of Trump supporters, the same thing happens. It's like, well, and, and, and... I think that Hillary didn't do any, like, she didn't help when she called people deplorables. Mm. And so, you know, when you talk about elitists and when you talk about the soy boys and the lattes and the elitists and the university set and all that kind of stuff, then you have someone that comes at you with, like, big data and says, well, the data says da-da-da, and they're like, oh, here we go, another elitist, confirmed, (laughs) we're right. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything Mm. that the left tries to do when approaching it in a way that is different to what you described, confirms for people who are in that camp that they were right all along. So is that what you're Whereas saying when you with approach Donald it Trump like, and Israel Folau? That's what you're saying. You're saying that yeah, they interpret... They, the, the definition of persecution is broadened to say, if you're openly disagreeing with me and I've never had this experience before, then I am you know, feeling isolated and victimised. And then that victimisation is indication and proof of my correctness. Yeah, and I, so if I, I put that to the supporter of what the left says about what the elite say about what the, you know, the socialists are doing or saying, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's not just Trump himself, it's the supporters. And I think that's your point about approaching it from like a religious framework. When you approach it from a, a framework of religion, it's like, well, how does that work for you? How is that yeah, meaningful for you? Function. How does that, how does that enrich your life and the lives of others? Yeah. They're like questions that we would ask someone of faith. Yeah. Then that actually, it doesn't judge. It doesn't, confirm for someone straight away that they were right all along and that the elites have judged them and pigeonholed them. And this is also, this is also a, um, a, and in a way, exactly what you're getting at. This is also a very privileged position for us to sit in, not being American, not being impacted by the ground effects of poor policy and poor management, not being uh, any being white assists us in not feeling a lot of the brunt of a lot of these policy decisions. (laughs) So we have, And yeah. I'm not even saying that to condemn our position. It's just merely saying this ability to, to then sit with somebody and say, I'm not going to be upset with y- the, the very yeah. real effects of your voting decisions, but I'm going to yeah. take a step back and say, yeah, tell me how it functions for you. Because that, yeah, and, yeah. and I would just say that is a privileged position to come from, but I would almost yeah. say that is the only way forward. Because I'll tell you what, I watch a lot of YouTube and there is no cross communication going on between these two camps and no amount. Like if my conversation didn't prove anything to anybody with Habir that I can't even ask honest questions from a position of trying to understand without people throwing vitriolic, poisonous hate and abuse in the comments, then the only other way forward is like to kind of, do what I guess you're talking about there, sitting down and saying, how does this framework yeah. help you? 
and let's yeah. move from that human level. Because yeah, there if if you, there was an episode I released with a guy called Sam Vincent and his mate Josh Taylor just yeah. jumped on the the live there. G'day, Josh. But Sam Vincent in in the episode I did with him where he's talking about his journey from uh, like into Christianity then out of Christianity, and then he became like anti anti Christianity like and and tried to change christians mm. minds and and the analogy he used he had the, he was having this conversation with a guy on facebook who said something that was probably offensive towards homosexual people and then he said something and they got into a bit of an argument and they were talking back and forth and he said through this conversation he learnt that what he was trying to do was knock over this guy's blocks his little castle he'd built of a religious framework and mm. And he was trying to knock over those blocks so that he could have his little construct validated as well. He didn't care about the guy's journey. And the more he learned about his journey, he discovered that, wow, there's a lot of trauma here. There's a lot of difficult situations. And these blocks are what he's done to try and manage the world. And what Sam was trying to do is knock over these blocks, right? (laughs) And so is that what... Like critical blocks to his life. (laughs) That's right. And and he's like, I'm not going to be there to pick up the pieces. I don't really care, to be honest. So maybe that mm. that is the analogy with this level of politics, not just general debate on which policies are good and bad, but this level yeah, of yeah. religiosity in politics that says, yeah. Yeah. if I'm going to try and knock yeah. over a pro-Trumpers blocks, I really need to understand what those blocks are protecting, what the Trump-shaped yes. blocks that yes. they've built because they might oh. feel super anxious. And when Trump came in and they thought that America is not doomed by the elites siphoning money into the pockets of the rich <laughs> and they go, Trump is going to yeah. save it. Man, the security and relief might have reduced their anxiety. And I'm trying to oh, take yeah. that away. I'm saying, nah, be and anxious. If come, and if we come, that's exactly right. And, it, and if we come back to the stories we tell ourselves about the world and the incentive structures at play, um, then, yeah, absolutely. The incentive structures for individuals that are holding those stories are direct. They are those little cycles. They're not just the big cycles, not mm. even just the, like, oh, well, how does it pay off for me in my taxes? You know, well, mm. I'm going to get, you know, $400 a week or $400 a, a, in my end-of-year tax return because of Trump's tax cuts. It's mm. like, no, no, immediately, there are incentives at play in my life right now. Like you say, I can tell myself America will be okay because Trump is strong mm. and I can immediately feel relief and, and, and a reduction in my anxiety. And the other thing about that I think is, is, is really interesting, and you hit on something that kind of really got me thinking about behavior change in the kind of behavior change I'm engaged in. And that is behavior change, if we're going to get people to do a new thing, it has to actually meet the same need as the previous behavior was meeting. So if you're going to ask someone to do a whole new thing, it has to actually functionally tick that same box. Can and you like, an his, like Sam's story, sure. So like, like I'm a classic for escape, right? Like I'll make a coffee, I'll go for a run. And this is all of these behaviors meet the same need for me. They all look different, but they all meet the same need. So when I've got a big task, I'll go and make a coffee, I'll clean the house, I'll go for a run, I'll go and play with the kids, I'll go and do something really romantic for my wife. Not sure about that last one, but like, you know, I've got a whole bunch of things that I if do. she's still watching, she deserves fun- it, but yeah. <laughs> Did I lose all my points? No. Like there's, a, like, there's an underlying need, and we get that when we procrastinate and when we escape. Mm. And, and that, so it's like the behaviors themselves. And so Trump supporters and, and me as a political supporter... I meet my needs. And, and and when we get to values, those needs are kind of like a bit airy-fairy and the incentive structures can be a bit different. But ultimately, 
we want to meet the same needs. And so if I'm actually going to bring about changed behavior, at some point I need escape as part of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't escape the task forever, but I need to build in ways that are okay for me to gradually do more of the task and still get that escape until the escape is released when the task is completed, if that makes some sense. And so it's like, if a, and the best example for, for, for kids in classrooms that I'm working with is that they'll do all kinds of things to get out of doing hard work. They'll swear, they'll bite, they'll punch. I've seen kids like trash schools, like completely just smash windows, kick walls, like police are called, the whole bit. And, and what, we, what we teach them is if you ask for the work to go away, the work goes away and you'll use the new skill and not the smashing stuff skill. Ah, okay. Okay. So... It has to meet that same kind of need. And for a Trump supporter, if I want to escape my anxiety because I don't have a lot of money, let's, let's just like, hypothesis, like hypothetically suggest that maybe America has no safety net <laughs> and people <laughs> yeah. are like just a fraction of an inch away from like yeah, yeah. being out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a, that's a terrifying world. And when someone comes in, it meets that need of like anxiety relief, like just pure relief. And then when the... The socialist left, which is a really easy story that's been told to me lots and lots of times, comes along and says, don't vote for them, even though their policies actually will be better for me in the long run. So it's like engaging in the conversation that you're talking about. This has got kind of like way, way out here in the like theoretical. <laughs> yeah. But the practical is the conversation that you were saying and Sam's example is you have to meet people's needs and understand that you're pulling bricks out of their wall and yes. if you're putting something, you have to put something back in. Something and that's, back that in. something has to meet the same kind of needs, mm. the same kind of functions for that person. Yeah. And it's like, what do you want? And that's, but asking those yeah. questions, tell me what worries you about. What, what, tell me, what is it about Trump that works? Like, why do you like Trump? What is it that you need? What are you worried about? How can we help connect that to a new thing? I wonder if that's a way that could be meaningful in approaching something like that. Yeah. And that is... <laughs> where i failed and but did also also is that the is that the idea's digest goal though did you want to change his mind or were you sitting to understand the context with no, which his but came I, from? but i could have like that's the thing i i so i feel like i'm still developing this skill and so i'm glad i had the conversation to kind of mm. grow these skills that i'm that i'm having i come away going oh, i wish i asked that but yeah now i kind of like wish I drilled deeper into the, but it's also really hard. So I wonder, it, I, I also think with someone like him, just how he engaged with everything, I'm not sure he would have come to me on that level because it, this is a very personal nah. conversation you have to have being like, are you an yeah, anxious yeah. person? Like, like what did you <laughs> like? Because he really, he right. said he was in the deep South. And I think maybe he found some, like it could have, the story could be this simple. And I don't know, because I don't know the guy. And this is the prerequisite of actually understanding somebody is knowing them. Yeah. Um, yeah and he could have right. gotten to America. And the first guy to be nice to him was a gunslinging redneck. And he was like, mate, come over. I mean, hey, buddy, come over and we'll shoot some guns and we'll talk Trump. And he was maybe just brought under the wing of these yeah. people. And he goes, you know what? I love America and this is what they stand for. So I'm going to represent, and, and who, that could have been the story. And if that's the story, boy, that makes yeah. sense. Boy, that so makes t sense. Tell me more here too. Tell me more here too. So, cause we didn't get into, uh, Habir's online presence and, yeah. and what that's generated. Yeah. So how many followers? He has something like 25,000 followers yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Tell and me more about like YouTube. So it's like, he doesn't have much on YouTube, what, what's but more in on Insta. It? 
what's in it for him to not be pro-Trump? You're right. You're entirely right. He, the sense of belonging and, and vehement support just on, he pops his face up. Because you know, his content on YouTube, I'll, fa- I'll, I'll be honest when I'm telling you what I really think, not that great. Not that intellectual. His arguments are kind of nah. shifting all over the place. He's saying, oh, you think yeah. Trump's a sexist? Yeah, but you don't care about child sex trafficking in India and, and, and uh, Pakistan and things like that. I'm like, eh, like, I get what you're saying, but they're not. Yeah, like, I know. And so, I know. And, but what, Which what came you're up saying, in the conversation. Uh, yeah, like, it's true. It's like, he did how important is the truth to you? You don't care about the truth. And he's like, the truth is the only thing that matters and it's what will set us free. And then later on, it's like, well, does he tell the truth? He's like, but no one tells the truth. So it's like, so it's not important. <laughs> I didn't even link those two things. That's Do you know what I mean? It's like, right. so it's like, if yeah. I'm telling you what I really think, I don't really think he believes the truth is important. I think did he you... believes in Trump and will support that regardless yes. of the evidence. Did you ever, did you ever Because watch... he's got outs all the way. Sorry, go. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Flat Earther doco on Netflix? I think I've seen a bit of it. I find I real I battle with that. I like have to I have to like strap myself if, to a chair if you, and make if myself you strap watch yourself it. in and watch it. <laughs> what I think they do a great job of is yeah. painting the humanity of what's his name Steve yeah. Sargent or something. Because when yeah. you when you ask those it's clearer there because Flat Earth is just so ridiculous, right? It's so out yeah. there that you're like, yeah. okay, what's this guy getting from it? You can't debate him because you know if you already no. think the earth's flat, there's no step ground that you can stand on to convince him. So you are forced to listen, right? But with Trump, yeah. I'm I'm sucked into this line going, "Nah, nah, I can put my facts to you." And it will help people, yeah. but in actual fact, it yeah. won't either because it's it's no, the same no. functional mechanism. So when it, yeah, when, I think it's right. when this this guy, this Steve Sargent guy on this Netflix doco, when you watch his whole journey in this thing, and you go, "What's he getting out of it? He's he's a celebrity. He's being listened yeah. to. He's yeah. got followers. Yeah. He is kind of famous. Yeah. He's being accepted for yeah. who he is. And what do we do as scientists yes. and science believing people? We mock him." Yeah. We laugh at him. Why yeah. would he ever yeah. come to our team? But th- and, that, and that's my point. It's the confirmation then. If you're yeah. mocked, that's because they're against us. If you're yeah. mocked, yeah. that's because it's a conspiracy. If you're mocked, yeah. that's because they think we're deplorables. It's because they think that we are a stupid Southerners. Mm. You know? And this is the Trump. So I, you know, going from flat earth to going to Trump, uh, going back to Israel Folau, like it's confirmation of my journey. It, it means I was right all along. It means those elites hate me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's like a, the conspiracy is real. <laughs> I've been dropping and, this. And, Keep going. Oh, no, 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 please. Yeah. I've, I've been dropping this. I've, I don't know if anyone will watch this conversation, but I've enjoyed it because it helps me piece together a lot of uh, different thoughts. <laughs> But, but what, it, what it pieces together for me, we use this term tribalism a lot. I use it all the time. I'm like, mm, even at the mm. beginning of this conversation, I was like, it's tribalism. This is what it looks like. But I didn't truly believe it until the end of this conversation. Because if I am yeah. to engage with this as tribalism, then I will no longer try and stand on the, on the, on the firm ground of logic and reason. I'm going to the human yeah. level. And this is what I'm trying to do as a podcast, but even now learning that I'm still not quite doing it. Because if this is truly tribalism, if this is truly tribalism, then I can't go to someone and say, betray your tribe. And here's the evidence. And you know what? I'm not replacing it with another tribe. I'm actually just leaving you alone. So here's the evidence. Leave your tribe. And I don't want to be your friend. See you later. 
And so if this yeah, is truly tribe, tribalism, I need to look, I need to have more compassion for what they are giving up. Yeah, and it's the needs that a tribe meets. It's yes. security, it's yes. food, it's it's like yes. it's safety and warmth. It's all of those things. Yes. And like you say, leave your tribe and I promise none of those things. And so whatever it is <laughs> that we offer, it it has to meet the need, doesn't yes. it? Like and this is yeah. back to that idea of behavior yeah. change. If we if we do desire some behavior change, we have to meet that same functional need for folks. Now, uh, I, <laughs> and I it's don't, hard yeah. though. It's hard because we're we're like, here's all our evidence that that is telling you your tribe's terrible for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it might actually not and even be terrible right. for you, but it's terrible for everybody yeah. else. But kind of works for you. And yeah. this might sound, yeah. you know, if if I was a pastor, this would be very like ham-fisted analogy to get the religion and Christianity <laughs> in there. But, Come on. you know, I, like this isn't where I always end up. But is this ultimately what I've just kind of come to through my own like long-winded <laughs> version of logic and reason and like, oh, I'm so yeah. smart. I've essentially just said what Jesus modeled because he didn't go in and say, oh, Pharisees, you're so theologically incorrect. Joshua didn't actually mean this in those ancient Torah, in the Torah and, and Genesis and Moses didn't actually write. He didn't go in and like try yeah. and debate them. He, he went into yeah. people and he gave them a new tribe. He gave them love and belonging. And so if this is truly tribalism, mm. only mm. including them in a new tribe will bring them from yeah. that. So if you want to bring yeah. in a Trump voter, this is my new thing I've, yeah. I've taken away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, I yeah. truly want to bring in a Trump voter or someone who completely disagrees with me politically, a Pauline Hanson person in Australia, I just yeah, need yeah. to truly love them and respect them as a person, consistently be a presence in their life. And when they get a sense of belonging in this tribe, then yeah. when I go, ah, oh, it's actually a bit inconsistent, then they can let go of that tribe and not be out in the ether yeah. and, and lose everything they belong. And it's and it's when we're connected and we're known that we can ask some of the deeper questions around like and and I, I mean I I don't think we can just get to deep stuff about like so talk to me about like why we have to lock brown people on islands who come by boat mm. like what are we so worried about that we would dehumanize people to that point yeah like what are we so worried about that we would traumatize people by locking them up indefinitely. Mm. But we can only have that conversation when we know each other. Mm. We can only have conversations about inequality linked to climate change, inequality linked to uh, educational policy, inequality linked to social social security and welfare policies, mm. like drug testing people on welfare. Like, what's that about? Mm. You know, like I, I. But we can only do that kind of deep questioning when we know people. Mm. Twitter, you can't do that on Twitter. Well, people try doing that on Facebook. It, it doesn't mm. work, does it? Mm. So again, it comes back to knowing people and, and, and loving people. And how does that work for us in terms of like yeah. broad, like, I don't know. But people, I think, so here's a question. <laughs> do you think people want to have those conversations at all? Tell me what Because I like yeah. talking about politics. Yeah. And I don't think people like really because it's they're hard conversations. Do you like talking about politics because you feel safe, you feel secure, you have a tribe oh. that will accept you regardless. And there's the reason why you and I can yeah. just jump into the deep end of like yeah. you can yeah. honestly I challenge anybody because yeah. we're white disprove, hetero males. <laughs> if you can, if you <laughs> can disprove my like if you can show me where I'm wrong on the analysis of Trump's tax 
divvy up and going, yeah. no, no, it actually is better for the middle class and it actually strengthens the middle class. I would, I would yeah. like to believe that I can just throw that idea out and go, oh, Bernie, you're a bit wrong on your number crunching there. But yeah, is that yeah. a luxury I have because of my secure tribalism being like, I could, I could oh. then come to you with that data and you'd go, oh, well, no way. Like it wouldn't really come between us as a tribe mm, because, mm, because we mm. belong, I guess, on, a, on some level of a more cultural connection right. yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, that has to factor in. It has to. To what degree? I don't know. But surely it does. <laughs> surely. Like if... If like I'm not like I, I'm I'm really privileged. Like I'm not concerned about where I'm going to be in the next three or four months. That's in right. Terms of, like you know, That's am right. I going to be living here? So yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, if we go with just a like, I think everyone everywhere in education has seen at some point Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm pretty sure they like teach it in like the foundation year of school now. Yeah. <laughs> and like those safety, security, shelter, warmth, love, like the yeah, the, that's the, right. Yeah, it's. it's Political conversations are to some degree self-actualization conversations. And what we're doing is dragging people from the seeking shelter stage into a self-actualize and say, come on, use these tools of self-actualization you don't have because you're too busy wondering where your food is coming from. Yeah. And then we critique them for voting against their interests. <laughs> <And we bash laughs> That's them. right. Like, how dumb are you? <laughs> for belonging. That's right. Yeah, we bash them for belonging to a tribe at all. Because, but and in a way, it, like, it sounds elitist, obviously, we're sitting in an ivory tower just analysing things. But, yeah. but it yeah. does increase my, capa- my compassion capacity when I think about it this way. Yeah. Because I've normally yeah, yeah. said, and I'll say it as a shorthand and, you know, as to just name drop, like, people are idiots. I've, I released an episode that's like, don't think for yourself because you're an idiot. But if I was to revise that statement, if people say, what do you mean by yeah. an idiot? I would say, you know what? I don't think people are idiots. I think people in earlier stages of seeking shelter and safety don't have the cognitive faculties available to right. be able to engage in these conversations. And so I'm not saying something about them being inferior, them not being, yeah, they yeah. can't. I, then I'm yeah. saying, oh, they probably could, but they like, and they have studies to show that as soon as someone's stressed about how they're going to pay the rent, their IQ oh. measurably drops because of yeah. uh, decision fatigue. It's a real thing. And so yeah, yeah. The poor people are measurably lower in IQ because all their cognitive capacity is being taken up by, do I buy nappies or do I buy food? What do I do? And, and, yeah. and that really yeah. takes a toll and a load. So I feel like that theory at least increases my compassion, I guess. And I think you layer into that that people make errors on category, that they'll mm. seek confirmation as well. I mean, these are things that we know predictably happen with all people. Like, this is you and me without that layer of privilege and seeking yes. shelter and the basic yes. needs. You and I still engage in flawed logic all the time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and this is, I mean, some of my favorite research is on thinking fast and slow, Kahneman and Tversky, the, yes. the, the, the problems with our thinking. And it's, it's not problems in my thinking alone or problems in male thinking or problems in female thinking. It's problems in human judgment and logic. Mm. Like humans engage in seriously problematic thinking on so many different fronts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Like that's all right. But then we're forced to make these kind of like big self-actualizing decisions of policy and long-term. And again, we are talking before about like how delayed consequences uh, shape our decision-making. Like that's why yes. people don't yes. go to the gym. 
Yeah. Because it hurts now, and I don't get yeah. a six pack for like I don't know, like ever. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's like all of that stuff layers in as well. Yeah. And then we're just basically searching for food. And so if you have like all of this together, and then someone says, "I love you because you wear a maga hat." <laughs> that's right that's right yeah, yeah. I, but i do yeah. think i do think so the answer is never on twitter the answer is rarely in like tv ads yeah the answer is in activism and it's in people that build relationships as part of their like ongoing commitment to their neighborhood yeah it's people that go around and knock on doors and get to know folks mm. And you hear you hear the stories of people that engage in political campaigns in America, yeah. and there's so much of this door-to-door activism, yeah. and that is about relationships. That is just repeated contact with people that's understanding their situation and their context, and then trying to connect the positives of their can- candidate with their life. Yeah. And on... I think it's the only thing about American politics that I like. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And I think yeah. on that... Because we, we could go for another two hours. And I have no idea. If, if you make it to this hour 45 mark, bloody send me a message. Because I'm enjoying this, but I do not expect mm. anybody else to. Because it's just Conrad learning things from someone smarter than him and mapping his own thoughts. Oh, no, 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 no. I know. <laughs> I... <laughs> so I, I've got a, I've got a, a heap out. I've got a little notebook here. Oh, good. Well, we're getting something out of this. And I think... Now, if you're still watching this and you're like, there's a few people watching. So great, great to have you here. This conversation about this Trump supporter I spoke with and what I learned uh, from that conversation, I thought Mm. we'd come in and tear him to shreds and we kind of did a little bit, but I learned more than I tore strips off. um, Oh, his arguments didn't hold up at all. His arguments didn't hold up at all. But but boy, (laughs) did I learn a lot. And so if you're still watching... I feel very inadequate about what I'm trying to do with Ideas Digest. Okay? Mm. I feel very inadequate. Brooke says, talk about the trials. We already did that. You missed it. You can catch up later. Um, so I feel very... They were fierce. I feel they were very fierce. inadequate <laughs> about my podcast because you know what? How well, how well can I truly get to know somebody on a podcast platform. So I need ideas. I need like you, Russ, to have Mm. a think about this. I need anyone who is invested in this process of getting to know somebody. How can I... Well, I think on some level, the podcast can grow my selfish individual ability to have compassion for others and anyone listening, engaging with the practice. I think it's going to help us grow a bit of compassion. But how do I include people in my tribe enough to make them feel safe so they can leave a tribe that harms other people. How do I do that? Mm. And I don't know, but very inadequate Mm. about it. Like how do I, and that's what I wanted to have with people like Habir. This is why I want to put this behind a paywall because you can't, you know, we're talking about someone. It's not very nice to do that. Um, But, but like, I do wish I could somehow be friends with these people who are just very different. I want to be able to go and have dinner at these people's houses if I ever go to India. Be like, yeah. here, what's up? Like, we completely disagree, but I love your mustache. Yeah. And let's just completely <laughs> hang out. Like, how can, how can I do that? That's my question. Oh, man. That's such a rich question, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's like the Insta Live of dinners where everyone comes along. 
yeah. we all sit down and break insta live bread <laughs> i don't know so yeah, I, yeah, have a think yeah. about that have a think about that is there any like any thoughts that you had to to kind of wrap up or no nah, but i like we can point to every one of the flaws in logic and every one of the uh, contradictions in the conversation. But the point is still, this is working for someone somehow. And I think just re-emphasizing and re-upping your point of Mm. people belong to a tribe for a reason Mm. and we need to understand that reason before we can go start trying to crowbar them out of tribes. And it's a human reason. It's a concern because... It is a human reason, and they are genuine people with people they love and people that love them. And the hard part is they're part of tribes that are are complicit in stuff that's really harmful. And Mm. it's like, but that being said, so so are political parties I've been part of. Like, you know, and I think it's constantly evaluating, and I guess it's seeing the truth in in what the other tribe. Yeah, it's seeing the truth in what the other tribe is saying about you yeah. and at least being willing to have a look at your own tribe. I, I always I always um, said this, yeah. and I hope I can live up to this ideal, but I said it to my brother-in-law who's like, yeah. you know, you, he's he's pretty big influencer on Instagram and everyone's like, oh, you should care about this, you should care about that. And, and yeah. he's like, listen, I can't do everything because he's a bit of a public figure. And, and, and my response to that was kind of like, this is how I feel like I want to operate, whether I do or not, I'm not sure. He's yeah. like, you know what? I can care about everything, but there are some things I can't do anything about. So if you come to me and say, Conrad, you could, if you become vegan, you can save the planet. You go, you know what? I'm going to be as close as I can. So I can do something about that. But you know, Conrad, there's sex trafficking in Myanmar and you need to care about that. I'm like, cool, I do. What do I do? They go, okay, you could donate money to this organization. I'm like, okay, I can donate some but I can't donate yeah. money to everything. So I still care, but I'm doing what I can. And so if, if you can point to something I can yeah. actually change to, to make it better, I want to always be open to just being able to do that. If, it, if all it requires is me to share something on Instagram, well, that's bloody easy to do, right? So I could yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes back to like an understanding of your values. If you know, like, and I think a lot of, like a lot of the time we're so busy surviving that we've kind of, never really taking the time to, t- to think about what it is we genuinely value. Like, what are the most important? What are the three, four, five things that are just most important to us? Mm. The things that we are willing to take action on. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can take the time to do that, then, yeah, I think that gives you a head start at least. Because otherwise, yeah. it's a pretty bloody big world and there's so yeah. much need. It's like you'd, yeah. you'd empty your bank account, you'd empty your, you'd empty your pockets, you'd have... And that'd be fine, but you can't sustain it. And I think it's like, if you know what you're working towards and you've picked a couple of things and you're kind of, you're committed to those, but but they may be big things. They may be like empathy. I'm going to show everyone empathy. I can do that and that'll make the world a better place. And I'll give money where I can. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. Like you said, I can care about everything, can, yeah. but I can't give money to everything. Yeah. So it's like, if you know right. your values, you can prioritize. Anyway. Yeah. Fair, good, good, uh, good, <laughs> good point to, to, to think on. So if you want to be part of this process, I mean, I need, I need bloody help. I don't know how to kind of do this in a practical, tangible way. That's only like on this, oh. on this platform. But if I can like hone my questioning to really show the heart of people. And that's where I still feel like I failed yeah. in this interview. I feel like I couldn't get to yeah. his heart because I was a little preoccupied in kind of like trying to, trying to show his inconsistencies a little bit. And that's, that's my honest kind yeah. of assessment. I, and I want to be better at that. So thanks for tuning in. 
everybody on Instagram Live. It's been great to have you here. If you're behind the paywall and you've gotten to the end of this, bloody well oh. done. You have, you're squeezing every penny out of that, the amount of money you've paid. And stay tuned because there will probably be more to come because Russ and I can talk for a very long time. And if Cam were here, this would be a four-hour-long oh. podcast. Oh, so, yeah. you yeah. know... That would be a great mm. podcast to have as well. So, oh. Russ, yeah. thanks so much for, for, for taking the time. If, if you guys want to oh, hear mate. us have our opinions on another episode and you want to jump the paywall and get it, these won't be saved. You'll have to jump a paywall to get them. So you can either join us live whenever they sporadically happen or you can, I don't know, jump a paywall or write me a 500-word essay on why you want to be a part of the community yeah. and don't want to do it with money. I'm cool with that. I don't want it to be a purely capital-driven model. I'm pretty anti the commodification of everything. So if you can help me find a way that doesn't commodify but shows some level of buy-in, I'm open to that. So No, it's a committed action. We want to see a committed action right. towards, towards right. accessing the content. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll go like $50 a month or a committed action. And I'll just leave it at that. Bring receipts. Bring, Bring receipts, receipts to some committed yeah. action. <laughs> your value and your committed action. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll catch you sometime whenever. Next weekend, we've got a few interviews lined up. So catch you later.